This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic is our review of the Netflix documentary on the Berkshire UFO sighting back in 1969 that happened in Massachusetts. Now, we talked about this a little bit on the program uh, the other day, and we mainly dealt with uh, the individuals that were in the vehicle that uh, witnessed the UFO and then had about three hours of uh, missing time. Now, we will uh, go back and cover that a little bit more. But the Netflix uh, documentary goes way past that. And it's just 40 minutes of, of uh, packed information. Now, I want to put a little bit of a spoiler alert out because if you want to be totally surprised, and go ahead and, and watch that documentary. It's, it's the one that's under the Unsolved Mysteries uh, reboot. Um, if you're... Uh, older, like me, then you'll remember that Unsolved Mysteries with Roger Stack back from the 1980s, I guess. It ran for quite a while and was a big hit back then. And Netflix has rebooted that series um, without the narration quite so much. But I've watched a few of the episodes. And all of them have been extremely well done. Uh, everything from the camera work to the way they just allow the... Uh, players involved, the witnesses, to talk about what they've seen. And it's some of the best stuff I think I've seen put out there by Netflix as far as documentary stuff goes. Highly recommend it. I would definitely give this thing five out of five stars. Now, uh, before we get into it, I did find a couple articles that were pretty concise and explained it. Now, the first one comes from WWLP.com. It says, newly released documentary series, Unsolved Mysteries, on Netflix, features an episode on UFO sightings reported in Massachusetts back in 1969. And as a trailer there, you can go to the Twitter account, UFO Warning. Get there by going to at Warning Sub UFO. And I have links, and you can watch the little video trailers there. Uh, as always, uh, feel free to follow. It says, on Wednesday, the Netflix documentary series Unsolved Mysteries released 12 new mysteries, including UFO sightings reported in Great Barrington, Sheffield, Stockenbridge, and Egremont in 1969. Now, I put uh, a Google Map snapshot on there, and you can see Massachusetts is a fairly small state. So these towns are all quite close together. And so we're talking about... Uh, multiple sightings of multiple UFOs and they interview uh, uh, four or five people and we'll uh, get into that a little bit and specifically what we have here is we have eyewitness accounts uh, we have good eyewitness accounts contemporaneous witness accounts we have the date we have specific places and we have these things being seen from different angles by different groups of people now it says um, the fifth the fifth episode of the series, so if you go to Netflix, this will be the fifth one, the fifth episode under the Unsolved Mysteries series. The fifth episode of the series is titled 
Berkshire's UFO and reveals jaw-dropping experiences residents shared. And when they say that, they're not kidding. 22 News spoke with archivist Gary Leville from the Great Barrington Historical Society, who explained what viewers can expect when watching Berkshire's UFO. Quote, on September 1st, 1969, a number of people had some bizarre sightings, and they ranged from seeing a giant glowing disc right in front of them and then zipping away to what appeared to be an, be actual abductions where time was lost and they were beamed into a ship, Lavelle said. Right after residents experienced what happened, many phone calls flooded local radio stations, but there were also a lot of people who also stayed quiet about the situation because they feared being judged. Lavelle shared his job as an archivist isn't to judge the stories they tell, but to gather their information and make it available for those who are interested. Over the last few years, the Historical Society accumulated a file of drawings, photographs, testimonials, statements, and letters from various people throughout southern Berkshires that experienced the phenomena on that evening, Lavelle said. The lead episode spotlights the Berkshires, with footage from Berkshire Athenaeum, Pittsfield's public library, which cultivates a strong local history focus. The episode was partially filmed in the local history department of the library in 2019. Now, I'll say that um, when the when the, the episode opens, it's a little surprising. I was expecting it to, to, to center around um, around the uh, sighting uh, that we talked about earlier with with the folks in the car. What happens is is that you start the camera opens up and here you have this woman named. We find out that her name is Jane Green. She's 85 years old. Um, she's lived there um, since she was 12, and she talks about how she spotted or how she witnessed this UFO in the backyard. And had talked about it to, I think she said her mother-in-law, but then hadn't spoken about it for all these years. And now this documentary starts, and then she tells us that what she didn't realize was that her two sons that were like 10 or 12 years old, who were playing in the backyard, also seen this thing. But they didn't tell her. So here we have this 85-year-old woman and her two kids for all these decades now. Of course, this would have happened back in 1969 at the same time. So, say, uh, 51 years ago. Now these now these guys are, you know, a middle-aged men in their 60s, and she's 85. Both of them, both of them had seen the same uh, flying, basically what she described as a flying saucer, come down uh, at a low level uh, and near a yard where these kids were playing at. She's from the house looking out. They're outside playing. She doesn't think they see it. So she doesn't say anything. They see it and don't say anything to her. The thing hovers there for a while and then darts off into the sky. That kind of gives you the attitude of what it was like in 1969. How people felt about witnessing a UFO. A lot of people were so afraid to talk about it that they wouldn't even talk about it to their closest relatives. And if they did talk about it to their closest relatives, it was in hushed tones. It wasn't something that was 
that was really admitted to, and people really might think you were crazy. That's that's the scene that it opens up, and then it goes in and talks about some of the other um, people that were involved in this, and we find out that this thing really did. Um, it really left an impression on the people in the area. Now, this article is from the Independent and uh, Independent Independent.co.uk. It also has a um, it also has a clip there. You can go to uh, the Twitter account UFO Warning and play the uh, little video clip that they have attached with it. It says unsolved mysteries is spooking Netflix viewers with one particular episode centered on UFOs. The reboot of the popular documentary series focuses on creepy goings-on around the world, and it's the fifth installment that seems to have generated the most conversation. It focuses on the Berkshire UFO sightings, that's sightings plural, which have remained a mystery since September 1st, 1969. On that date, four families with no connection to each other, claimed to, have pick, claimed to have been picked up by a UFO and moved by a ray of light. So this is what the documentary goes into next. But the documentary starts off with, uh, with uh, Jane Green, and she just talks about how at the beginning of this thing, I guess during the day, she sees this UFO come down and shoot off. You know, maybe that UFO was there to pick up her two kids. That's kind of the feeling that I've got. What I sense about that is, is this... This thing was on the hunt because it was picking people up and putting people back down that day. And it almost seems like, lucky for those two kids, Mrs. Green was there looking out that kitchen window or whatever it was when she seen this thing come down. And it seems to me like when it sensed her looking at it, that's when it took off. Awfully strange that thing showed up right about where her kids were at. Now her kids saw it. And didn't say anything to her about it. You know, that makes me think so many of these times when children uh, witness these things. When you when you go back and look at some of the accounts uh, from uh, that Politis talks about with the missing uh, Can-Am stuff. The kids uh, that go missing can't really describe what go, what happened to them. But it's oftentimes it's very strange things that they're reluctant to talk about. And it's almost maybe, maybe this... This thing had had implanted in these in these kids the notion not to talk about it because it's strange that after all these years, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we saw that. Now the article goes on here. It says Thomas Reed was six, who was six, insists to this day that he and his family lost three hours of their lives while driving in their car. Now, Thomas Reed is the guy that um, we that we originally talked about in this Berkshire's UFO incident. Now, uh, the documentary features him and his mother. Okay, and the kind of the, the angle on this was is that Tom and his mother. She happened to be a single mom at the time with two kids, and they moved to this town, Barrington, I believe, and uh, the little town of Mass. It, it gives the name of it there, and with the grandma. And Tom's mother runs this restaurant. So that's her deal. She's running a restaurant. She's trying to make a life for her kids. They're going home in the car, four of them, mom, grandma, the two kids. And they see this bright light, the orange light they talk about. And the next thing you know, they're pulled over to the side of the road. And they're missing three, three and a half hours. Now, in the documentary, they don't really get into uh, Tom Reed and his mother and... Uh, I believe it was his brother and grandma 
spending any time on the ship. He alludes to that, as we spoke of in the last podcast about this. He talks about that a little bit, says he went into to, uh, hypnotherapy, uh, regression therapy, and did remember being uh, on a ship or being in like a large warehouse type thing. He does point out in the documentary that he has passed a polygraph test uh, as far as his account of what he saw happen. And you can kind of tell, and I get the very strong feeling that this event had a rather negative impact on Tom because he talks about being bullied in school over it, uh, being, you know, really kind of trashed over it, and his mom too. So I see a very negative connotation as far as their experience went because they talked about it. Now, there was another witness who saw this, and we'll get into her later, who saw the uh, UFO, and she went straight to the uh, local uh, radio station, and and they talked about it. So that kind of empowered more people to begin reporting what they saw, and there were multiple reports of these UFOs. That's the thing. And it seems like the people that lived around there for a long time, um, they did talk about it somewhat, but they talked about it in hushed tones, just because I suppose they didn't want to deal with the harassment. Now it says here, it says, Reed also claims he saw 14-year-old Melanie Kirschdorfer aboard the UFO. Kirschdorfer backs up his story, saying she had an instant connection with Reed when she saw him on the ship. Now, Melanie Kirstorfer, she's an interesting character. Uh, she's This lady's about 65, I believe, from what she said, or 63. Now, she was also a child, and she talks about being taken aboard the ship and how she remembered being laid out there on a table. And then she made a comment about she didn't specifically remember seeing uh, Tom, but she did remember seeing... Uh, other kids that she didn't know, and she describes these kids just being, uh, basically just just being evacuated off the ship as if with a beam of light. So maybe they were taking these kids aboard from who knows wherever. Uh, they were doing some kind of examination on them, because this is this is what uh, Tommy Warner talks about. The other. The other key player in this documentary is a guy named Tommy Warner. It says, Tommy Warner claims that he was also abducted on that same evening. His babysitter, Debbie, corroborates the story, saying that she saw him vanish into a bright ray of light after Warner told her he was being advised to leave by God's voice. Now, he doesn't say God's voice in the documentary, at least not that I recognize. He talks about being telepathically messaged, and he had an overwhelming urge. He was uh, at the babysitter's house, and she had like a, a sister who was four years older than Tommy. I think Tommy was like 10 or something, and the sister was like 13 or 14. And uh, she was, uh, they would call her and call her books together. And she, it was kind of cute because she would talk about how the older sister would boss him around if he wasn't staying in the lines and this and that. And they were calling that day, and he just got up and ran out of the house. Ran out. And so apparently she followed him, and she actually says that she saw him vanish into a bright ray of light. They're talking about like this light beam coming down and just abducting him up into the ship. It was like a physical abduction. She says, the episode has left many viewers feeling on edge and claiming they will never sleep again. Since the alleged abductions, people involved have been intent on finding proof of alien life, so much so that some of them drove members of their family as well 
as their work colleagues away. Reed, who refuses to use the word abduction when telling his story, now works closely with New Mexico's International UFO Museum. Now, remember, Reed was the fellow who was uh, taken, I guess we'll say, with his mom, grandma, and brother in that car. That was the one that got the most attention to begin with. But what we find out here is that that wasn't the half of it. We have Jane Green, who witnessed the UFO hovering over her kids. Okay, her kids witnessed it, but her kids and her never talked about it. So that was the kind of crazy impact it left. We have this uh, Kirschberger lady who was uh, says she was abducted. We have Tommy Warner who says he was abducted. He, that the interview with Tommy is really fascinating. He talks about being taken up on the ship, and then when it put him down, it just basically shot him down with a beam of light. He says he was laying there on the ground. His brother saw him, and he, uh, he, he couldn't get up. And he said he specifically remembered being told, uh, hang on, it'll be just a minute. So whatever they were doing to him, some kind of examination, whether they were just um, doing some kind of physical measurement, it would be interesting to know if these people were ever uh, examined for implants. I just found that I just found the whole thing to be so fascinating the way that it goes on and the different experiences people had the people that you know the families that had, some of the like, uh, the Warner family had been there since like I think he said 1835 or something Jane Green's family had been there for 75 years it seemed and then and and then you had um, the other family that had been there uh, had just moved there maybe uh, a few years before the gal the single mom at the restaurant. All of these people coming to the same from a completely different perspective. At the, and then toward the end of the video, what was really weird, they talked to this guy. Uh, he was a, he owned and rented a rent gas station there. And he said that people had come in, and he remembered, and talking to his dad about seeing fleets of flying saucers uh, landing in the fields uh, south of the town and taking off. And he said that him and his friends had gone out there camping trying to see something, they, but they never had. It seems like what was going on here was just a basically an invasion. If you look at the Google Maps, if you watch a documentary, you see this is kind of a very, um, I guess we'd call, you know, uh, hilly or almost mountainous area, uh, old kind of low-lying mountains with lots of little flat spaces in between. It would be the perfect place to hide a spaceship. I know that Warner talks about the spaceship being... Uh, I think he described it as being hundreds of yards across. It almost seems as maybe there wasn't a mothership involved with uh, lots of other uh, smaller ships too. But from what the witnesses are saying was, it was like this thing was there on a, on a mission, this fleet that lasted for a few days, and they were uh, abducting, gosh, dozens if not hundreds of people. Now, we've only had a few people come forward and say, yes, we were abducted, and most of them were children at the time. But from what the Kirschberger lady describes, there were, she, she talks about dozens of children being on the spaceship where she was at, and they were just picking these, th these kids up, they were examining them, and then they were returning them back to Earth is what it sounds like. Now, if you stop and think about something happening on that scale... That's really frightening. And there was another thing that was very odd about this whole thing. Okay, first off, we have these four, 
would seem like pretty reliable witnesses. They've been in town for a long time. They're not transient people. We have the one guy who had moved there and has since left with his, you know, his family had moved away, but he passed a polygraph test. So the eyewitnesses are good eyewitnesses. But then they go back to check the police records, and it seems like they're all missing. That was odd. Secondly, even though one of the one of the uh, experiencers had uh, talked about going in and uh, talking to the uh, local radio uh, uh, broadcast host about it, who's now since passed, none of those tapes were around. It's almost as if maybe somebody came in and cleaned up a little bit of stuff, you know. But you watch the video and you see these uh, these people just just basically spilling their guts. They really come across as being honest people. And what I loved about this documentary from Netflix was so many times in these things, you know, in the documentaries, they're, the people that make them are trying so hard to be cool or be convincing or whatever. I mean, you got the stupid jerky can't, camera action where you can't follow the, you know, you can't follow the, the documentary because someone thinks it's a good idea to jerk the camera all over the place. Sometimes, you know, they have the reenactors where they apparently go rustle up a bunch of actors from the local acting school who think they have to overact every scene and it's just annoying beyond belief. And thirdly, there are no annoying debunkers. That's so awesome. I mean, I love this documentary. It's if they could all be made this way, they do an excellent job of telling you when the event happened, what the event was that occurred, you know, and then they just let the witnesses tell their story as it happened. Now, I feel like there could be more detail. This this documentary is only about 38 minutes long. I would love to see about an hour interview with Ms., with, with the gal, Mrs. Kerbarsher, I think, Um because she's the one that had clear memories of being on a table in that ship. So, but they do put it out there that, yes, there was abductions. Now, some of the people just flat out say, yes, I was abducted, but some of the people are more likely to say that they would rather call it an experience. Either way, it happened. And it happened without anybody asking their permission. The, the documentary... Uh, goes on and it shows it specifically lists every single town from which a sighting took place that was reported. So you just get a real feeling for um, the the chronology of the events that took place and the number of witnesses that came forward. If that many came forward, you can only imagine how many more did uh, have sightings or experiences who haven't come forward. And even though this took place over 50 years ago, uh, watching those folks talk about their experiences as a child being beamed up into this, you know, UFO and then put back on the ground and hearing these telepathic messages, I mean, it was riveting. All in all, I would give the Netflix Unsolved Mystery Berkshires episode five out of five stars. Definitely check it out. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out. 